My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Basha here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Monica Froze. She helps her clients launch digital products and run sustainable and profitable businesses. She's also the host of the Empowered Business Podcast. Welcome to the show, Monica. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have a lot of great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Yeah. Uh, well, my story goes back almost exactly a decade. I started my very first website in 2013. It's called and still exists redefining mom. And it was honestly just a place for me to vent about the really crappy maternity leave policies in the U S I had very uh, bad postpartum PTSD after I gave birth to my first daughter. I was climbing the corporate ladder in a fortune 100 company. And I thought, wow, I have the best benefits out there that women can get in the company that I work for. And it's still not good enough. And then I found out 25% of women go back to work within two weeks of giving birth. And I was appalled. And that led me to meet president. Yes. It's a very appalling. And that's still true. Unfortunately, uh, a decade later, Uh, I ended up getting invited to the white house to meet president Obama. Their staff found my website, which was mind blowing to me. And basically president Obama challenged me to do something about, he said, I was a spitfire called me feisty and said, what are you going to do about all your opinions? And I was like, well, what are you going to do? Leader of the free world? <laughs> like what? <laughs> and, uh, I told him I would never go into politics and he's like, yeah, but you clearly have a platform. So what are you going to do with it? And, and that just kind of blew my mind. And it ended up, I ended up quitting my corporate job about a year later. I've been full-time in the business for seven years. I still have the brand Redefining Mom. I don't actively work on it. It gets it gets, um, it gets traffic because it's there and it's been there for a decade, but I actively now help other small businesses build digital products. And I'm very passionate, particularly about helping women achieve financial freedom uh, because I feel like, well, I know so, that we do not have equal access to money. And there's a lot that we have to overcome there still. And so I hope to be like a change maker in that area to help women uh, really accumulate wealth. Very interesting. I I, that is an appalling statistic. Wow. Two weeks after giving birth. That is, yep. That's ridiculous. It is. That's ridiculous. I'd love to understand more about, you know, you, so you, you had this blog and you were, you were kind of using it to vent and then you started selling, you know, digital products and teaching people how to create and sell digital products. Mm-hmm. Why digital products specifically? What was that turning point where you were like, aha, this is the next step. This is what I should do. Well, it's funny because when President Obama said, what are you going to do about this? I had no idea. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I just put this blog on the internet to vent and all these women start relating to what I was saying because they were experiencing it too. And, you know, a lot changes in this world so fast because it's like, to me, it's like 2013 wasn't that long ago, but it really was. And so what happened in 2016 was nobody was really talking about digital products there was like online learning. So there were digital courses. People were pretty familiar with that, but nobody really talked about what digital products were. And I did not realize I was actually about to create a digital product. What happened was 
when I quit my corporate job and I went full-time working on my blog, the women who were following me were like, whoa, like a big part of my platform was like women's right to work after they have kids and they shouldn't be pressured not to work and they should still be able to follow their careers and their goal path. And they're like, the girl who's been saying this just quit her job, very confused. I'm like, whoa, no, like I am going to build my own business and work on my own terms. And they started asking, well, how are you going to do that? I'm like, well, I'll let you know once I do it, you know? And, but what I, so what I identified were these women were coming to me with problems and a big problem they were coming to me with was my family relies on my paychecks. How could I ever quit my corporate job to get this kind of uh, more freedom and flexibility and make a bigger impact around me? And it all led back to understanding your finances. So my very first digital product, which I would not have called it at the time, was a solution to that. And that was our family budget spreadsheet, which my husband and I have used religiously since 2010, 2011. And I basically just templatized it and said, here, this is what I did to make sure, because my family relied on my paychecks too. So we had to be very dialed into that. And so really all a digital product is, and I guess naturally through my marketing expertise, I, I knew this, but didn't know how to articulate it at the time. It's just a solution to someone's problem. And so as my audience grew, the more problems came out and the more I was like, oh, I can help you with that. And I can help you with this. And then before you knew it, I had amassed this huge library of digital products. And I started realizing this is a way I can help impact and help women make more money. Hmm. So I would love to ask you with this, because I'm sure back in 20, 2016, it, digital products in that sense weren't as popular as they are now. Right now, everybody's Correct. getting into digital products. Everybody's trying to sell stuff on Etsy and spreadsheets and and different templates for things. So how do you, first of all, help yourself and help your clients break through the competition? Oh, that's a real good one. You know, <laughs> I get so... Because I started in the blogging world, a lot of people who follow me to this day are, would call themselves bloggers. And really a blogger is a content creator and this whole idea. So uh, th there's this whole problem with blogging where people got it wrong, where they were not understanding the end goal of why they were blogging and they didn't have anything to sell on the back end of it. And so they got really burned out putting out all this content that led nowhere because content marketing has to lead somewhere for you to make money in your business. And it's, it was this blogging model was very backwards. And so the bloggers I work with, the what I'm teaching them is all of your content should lead to a product that you're getting paid for that's solving the problem. Like the content brings them in, but how you're going to solve their problem is they're going to pay you money for that transformation. So I get the objection all the time. Why would someone pay me for, for that? They could get it for free on Google. And I have, I do this exercise in my free trainings where I'm like, please pull up Google right now and put in budget spreadsheet. And please tell me how many thousands of free templates you can get. And then tell me why I've made half a million dollars off a $17 spreadsheet. Explain that to me. No one can. So then I tell them, uh, the reason is, is because I am a real person behind the brand and my spreadsheet, I can show this is how it literally changed my life and how it helped me. And now it's helped over 20,000 other families do the same thing. So like one of the things we did, I self-funded my maternity leave following it. I started my business following it. I paid off $65,000 of credit card debt. But those templates oh, that wow. you, yeah. And when you Google those templates that you could pull down that are free, and I say that with quotations, you don't know if they actually helped anyone or if they're going to be good for mm. your situation. There's you, there's nothing to relate to. 
there. They're just, it's kind of a faceless thing. And if I had followed that limiting belief back then and just said, oh, well, there's a million budget spreadsheets out there. Why would I want to add to the noise and create one? I would have a lot less money. Very interesting. Very interesting. I guess that's so true. You don't know if any of those free spreadsheets have helped anybody, but you, you have, I'm sure that you have reviews. I'm sure you have, you know, five stars or four stars or whatever. You have proof that the spreadsheets that you're creating are helping people. I've never even thought of it like that. I always say it's like a journey. It's a buying. It's a, the, when you're okay. So bloggers particularly understand to come to a blog post that they're being educational. I'm educating you on a topic. Your sales pages do the same thing. You are being, you're, you are selling at the same time that you're educating about how you are going to provide the transformation to them, but with the thing they're going to buy from you. Mm -hmm. So I guess my, my next question would be, what about for somebody who's starting off, who doesn't have that kind of following, who hasn't had, you know, their stuff purchased before, how do you help them? So I will say that my sweet spot is definitely the thing I, the thing I don't enjoy as much talking about is actually, uh, the whole getting people to you only because, so I do enjoy working. The thing I love about bloggers is they already know how to get people to them, right? Whether they're out there on Instagram or they're on Pinterest, or they got great SEO coming to them. They already know how to get people to them. It's just, they don't know what to do with them once they got them. The reason I don't really enjoy necessarily teaching for how to go find people is because there are a million ways to find people. And the problem is, is that, uh, I think people are looking for this, like secret, like, tell me, tell me exactly what I need to do. And it's like, but what you really need to do is identify where your people are and then go find the resource that's going to help you master that platform to get them to you. And so they, they, so I'm very clear, like when people come to me and they're like, I can't be, I would not be a good teacher if I'm like, well, I'm going to teach you Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, SEO, blah, 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 all these things. I am not an expert. I'm, I'm very good at a lot of things when it comes to getting people to me. Um, but I cannot teach you all of those things effectively. So my job is once, like, once you understand how to get people to you, I am going to teach you how to make them pay you money. That's my sweet spot. My sweet spot is getting the conversion, getting people to hand over their email address and then and then their credit card, essentially. That is what where my strong suit is teaching. And it took me a while to really learn that because you know, you when people are asking you the same thing and they want you to solve that problem for them, I just had to get to the point where it's like, that's not my problem to solve. That's not my zone of genius. My zone of genius is teaching you once you get people how to convert them. But honestly, I... I'm glad that you look at it that way because then you're not stretching yourself doing things that you don't like doing, that you don't want to do. You're doing the things that you are actually an expert in and they can go. You, you, I'm sure that you just tell them like, hey, listen, like you should probably go and and learn that over there. Like I'm oh, not going to be able to, I, I can't help you with that, man. So I, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing because you're focusing on what you're actually good at. And that's why you are at the level that you're at because you focused on your actual skill set and not, you know, yeah. trying to pretend like you have a different one. And, you know, like I, I wouldn't say I've walked through life being much of a people pleaser. It's not really, I'm pretty, I'm anagram eight and I've been told I'm intense and opinionated and I could be confrontational and it is what it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, I still have, like when someone, it's hard not to acquiesce to what people are demanding out of you, but the 
as soon as I learned how to push back and articulate why I'm not going to teach you TikTok because I'm a TikTok consumer. I don't create TikToks. I, that's not my zone of genius. Um, once I got really good at articulating that actually our sales, it was, it made all the difference in our marketing too. Um, it's, it's kind of like, I'm, I finally got to that point where I'm like, Hey, you're not yet ready to work with me, but when you are, I'll be here and come back. And I'm okay with that because I, I don't, I'm very big on not wanting to mislead people and have them pay me money just to find out that I, that they're not ready for what I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. Or that, you know, what, what you're teaching isn't actually going to help them at the stage that they're at. Right. Interesting. What keeps you motivated? That is a really interesting question. Um, and I will say, so there was this kind of side road I took in my business for four years where I became known as a Pinterest advertising expert, very unintentionally, basically in the blogging world, bloggers could not understand that eventually Pinterest was going to go pay to play. I did because that was like my, my corporate background. And so I mastered their platform at a very baby infancy age. And then everyone wanted to learn from me. And I made a ton of money doing this, like a ton of money built, built the house I'm sitting in right now with the money I made. Like I made a ton of money doing it. However, I was miserable because I felt, I've always felt like I have, a, I want to make a bigger impact for people and I couldn't make it on this myopic, like, oh, I'm going to teach you about this platform. I could not stand it. And I felt like I was missing out on a bigger message that I could have and a greater impact that I could have. And that motivates me. We have a pretty firm policy. Like I turn people away all the time from paying us money. I, it isn't, if, if I was doing this for money alone, I would have ran out of motivation a long time ago. It's really about the impact. And I have two daughters <laughs> and I have very strong opinions about the kind of world I want them to see and be raised in. And like two years ago, I went to go buy a car and I ran into a very unfortunate situation. I actually did a podcast episode on this where this guy was just treating me. He was like making very snide comments about my business, like did not believe I made what I did. Asked me three times if my husband was going to co-sign to the point where I kicked my husband out of the dealership. And I'm like, yo, you're dealing with me. Okay. <laughs> and I, I did this whole podcast episode on it because I'm thinking, I don't want my daughters to experience this. And I, and one of the best things my mom told me growing up, and it really stuck with me. She's, she wasn't like, don't get married. Don't have like nothing like that. But she always said, never rely on a man for money. Always have your own earning power. And it's funny because it's like, why shouldn't we have our own earning power? We should all have equal access because, and I, my husband was raised in a very conservative environment and that was hard for him at first. But I'm like, listen, it's not about me wanting to divorce you or something. What if you die? My sister's husband died when she was 20 and three months pregnant. What oh happens God. when that happens? Cause guess what? Your earning power goes to the grave with you. Then what happens to me and your daughters? You know, like there are a lot of reasons, but also money is power. And if we don't have equal access to it, I, I told my 10 year old recently, I'm like, Women could not have a credit card or a bank account without a male cosigner until 1974. That's really not that long ago. Isn't that yeah. bonkers? That is bonkers. Like I had to have, if I walked into a bank in 1972, I would have had to have a husband or a father cosign on anything I wanted to do, even a checking account. 
Like, I, I think not. That is not the world I want my daughters to live in. And so, you know, having access to money matters to me for that. Plus, I think, in all honesty, like, I, and I completely agree with you, it's, it's, it's important for women to have their own sources of income too. But I think just the ability to have that choice, you know, that if you, let's say something did happen to your husband and you decide that you're not working, you know that you have the skill set, you have the knowledge that if you do need to work, you can, you know, and it, but I think there has to be some education there. There has to be some trial and error there at some point in order to have that confidence. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I mean, I, you know, when I run into it a lot because I work with predominantly women, but I'm fine with working with all sorts of different folks. You know, I don't have, yeah. and I've even tried to even change a lot of our marketing language because I want to be inclusive of all sorts of different communities. It's not just for women. There's a lot of marginalized communities out there that, you know, I want to help. And so this is like, a, I'm saying this is a generalization and I recognize it, but the concept is very valid, which is women are really raised to believe that the value they provide should be free. We are supposed to serve. We're supposed to serve our kids, our husbands, take care of our houses, and it's all free labor. And so what I have found is that when I work with women, they struggle with selling. Like they struggle with asking for money for their value. And I guess I will say that I, that, and I'm very transparent. That is not a struggle I've really had. I very much believe like, listen, I want to help you and I want to provide the transformation, but this is a business and that's an economic exchange for me to do that and sit in this seat and not be with my kids and be paying for a nanny, which is also providing more, like I pay my employees very fairly. Right. So, and I have employees in the household and I have employees in my business. And so it's also creating like a mini economy around me of supporting other women, mm-hmm. you know? And so I can't do that. If I'm not making money, I cannot sit in the seat and help people for free. Like it's, it doesn't right. make sense. I can't do that. And so I, I do feel like I've helped and that's not even like a program I sell or anything that just comes out with people working with me uh, and listening to my podcasts and stuff. It's just like, a lot of people have come and said it just totally flipped their mindset about they're not, it's not gross to sell. It's actually, you're offering value when you sell. As long as you are actually offering value. Yes. Because you know? there, are, we, we don't, I don't even want to get into that because we'll yes. be here for the next two hours. You I know. know. There, there are those few bad apples. <laughs> There and, and you know what? It's it's like the same thing when people say, Are you worried about people copying you? Do you know how many people I've had a season desist and lawyers were involved? I've had people do crappy things to me. I had someone strip my entire signature course and transcribe it, recreate all the slides, and then tell stories about my kids like they were their kids. It was creepy. What? I sued them. And I, and I'm like, you, there are always, I tell people all the time, I'm like, don't let bad apples hold you back though. Cause there's gonna, they are everywhere. And one of the most disheartening things for me, and I've had to get over it was I worked in tech and that's a male dominated field. And it was the old boys club. Let me tell you. And I could tell very disturbing stories of things I witnessed in corporate. And so part of my idealistic version of coming into this business was somehow I was not going to deal with crappy people like that. And guess what? They exist everywhere. You they cannot exist everywhere, it. no matter what you do. I, exactly, yep. exactly. So you might as well go for it. Yep, exactly. That's what I tell people, and that's good. I think that is, that's a great message to promote. We are slowly running out of time here, so I do want to. I want to get to my other few questions. Okay, but um, with all of your success, what is your biggest challenge today? 
Oh, my biggest challenge, honestly, something I very, I feel like I struggle with, and it's definitely a mindset thing. I know it's a mindset thing. It's team growth. Uh, I think it's partly my personality is I, even in my personal life, I don't do surface level relationships. All of my friendships are like dear high school friends of mine, like 15 plus years. I do deep relationships or I don't want to be bothered. And so it, I've had this like limiting, it's hard for me to grow my team because like my right-hand girl has been with me for four years, but we know everything. We're basically best friends too, you know? And so it's been really hard for me to stretch and grow my team because I can't, it can't be like that with everyone as we grow. And that's been very hard for me for some reason. I have to work on that. (laughs) But you know what? I I understand. I understand. I've got I've got a business and my first couple employees, like I would, I would get super, super close to them. It's like, we were best friends, but they're there at the end of the day, like they're my employees. And I they, I felt like I wasn't listened to and respected as much than when I started hiring people and I didn't get as close to them. Uh, and that, so and just, that is like, I, I get it, but it, it's hard because you want to share and you want to, you want to, you, you obviously you you have to be an extrovert. You're definitely an extrovert. Actually, I'm we, not, I'm an introvert. Well, I think, well, I, I think that's actually, it might, you might, yeah, I think introverts are the ones that crave deep connection. Well, and so I call myself a loud introvert because an extrovert derives energy from external forces. And I don't, I, I can, I, I'm, I can, it's not that I have problems socializing or communicating. It's that if I had a string of zoom calls all day, I can't even be around my kids at night. I have to manage my energy because it drains me. Like, I love it when I'm doing it. Like I'm really energized now, but like tonight, if my kids want to talk, I'll be like, I'll be a blob because I have to like <laughs> recharge. So I'm actually an introvert, right. which is kind of funny. Right. But I mean, introverts, I, I believe introverts are the ones that crave deep connection. So it's they really do. easy to fall into that. I don't want to call it a hole, but for, for the sake of the conversation, crawl into that hole where it's like, okay, well, I need to hire people in order to scale, I need to hire people, but I can't keep getting this close to all of these people. <laughs> yep. Th- yeah, that's, that is. And, you know, I volleyed in my head, like how big do you really want to grow? You know, I've been kind of all over the map with that because of this reason. So by far for me, that's my biggest challenge. So how big do you want to grow? You know, I think I've actually come to the conclusion recently that while my kids are young, I have a five and 10 year old that I don't need this big machine that's going to consume me. I know so many people making multiple, multiple six figure or seven figures that they're always one. They always seem one step away from catastrophe. They're always stressed out. They have so much responsibility on their shoulders. And I honestly think because I'm very, my, I have my MBA in uh, finance. So like, I'm very strong numbers wise and I can actually like we're high multiple six figures, but I'm super profitable because I have my, my, my pulse on our finances and I spend wisely in the business. And for me right now, that puts my stress levels and what I can manage appropriate for my home life. And so, you know, if we grow and my stress levels are still, you know, maintained, I'm good. But honestly, if we stay here for a little bit longer, and I get the time I have with my kids, I'm fine with that too. Mm. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. But that's, that's the power of having your own business, you know, and you're the yeah. boss, you get to work when you want to work. You do as much as you want to do. 
And I used to tell myself I had to like, you know, double every single year. And that's just, it's so unsustainable. It's so ridiculous. It's so stressful. And I really in 2022 came to like this really big realization. I worked less in 2022 than any other year in my entire probably since I was 14 and got my first job, to be honest with you, I would, I would start leaving the off, leaving my office at like, my kids would get home around two. I would, okay, let's go do this. Let's go do that. I always felt so like, I couldn't do that. I wasn't giving myself that freedom. And I'm like, but isn't that why I also started doing this? And like, isn't that how I want to live? And actually I found that that provided more stability for me uh, in, in the business as well. Like the business actually started doing better when I stopped feeling so stressed about it all the time. Yeah. It's funny how that works, isn't it? The moment that you start like stepping back and being okay with stepping back, that's when things start going amazing. It's It's, funny. It's It's funny. I haven't figured out why, why that happens. I think it's because the more you try to control things, this is the lesson in life, right? The more you try to control things, the less controllable they are. And so like kind of just like letting go, which I really did a lot of in 2022 has made a huge, like yesterday I went and got my hair done. Think of I left the house at 2:30 and then I met a friend for drinks right after. And I'm like, this is actually the life right now I want to be living, you know, not tied to my desk, stressed out. And I and, and yet I still feel like I can make an impact and I'm helping other people. So right now it seems where I'm at is great and growing is also great, but it's not like the number one driver for me right now. Mm. But honestly, you know what? Success looks different for everybody. You are yeah. at, like you said, high multiple six figures and you get to go, you get to go do your hair at two 30 in the afternoon and then go and get drinks, you know, which and never would exactly- have happened in corporate ever. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, that's, that's, that's not even part of the question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We are, we're basically out of time, but I still want to cover your podcast. So let's talk about okay. that. What's the meaning behind the name? What was the intention behind starting it? Okay. So it's the empowered business podcast and really empowered business. I was originally going to go in when I pivoted from Pinterest and just brand as Monica Frost. And I do monicafrost.com is still a hub for all my brands, but I realized it was still missing something. And the word empowered just kept coming back up. And when we were figuring out like our brand mission and how we want it, because that's what we want to do. We want to empower people to like take control of their financial circumstances. Um, And so that's really what it was born out of. And I, that I never, I wanted a podcast for many years, but I always felt like I didn't have enough to say for a podcast. Like what would, I mean, I I could not imagine having a Pinterest podcast. I would, I would have got 10 episodes in and been like, okay, I'm done. This is like as much as I want to say about it, you know? Um, Pinterest podcast. Well, when I was doing Pinterest advertising, like I, oh, okay. 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 I was like, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, (laughs) I, I just, I never like until I launched the empowered business brand, I didn't have, I think a big enough why to have a podcast. And then once I launched, I was like, okay, I feel like I have a lot that I can say around this topic. And what I really love about it is being able to bring on other people to share their stories and give them a platform to get their awesomeness discovered as well. I really love that about it because I have some awesome students who don't have a big following like me. And so I can bring them on, have them share their story and get them that exposure. And I really like that part too. Oh yeah, absolutely. So how long have you had this podcast for? We launched it um, in early 2021. And then we took a nine month break in 2022 as part of my whole like really 
wanting to live the life I wanted to live. Uh, I swept a lot of stuff off my plate to get back to a place where I felt like I was ready to share again. And actually in that nine months though, what came out of that is I got really, really big into private podcasts. So I have a ton of different avenues to work with me on private podcasts, which I, is could be a fascinating thing to talk about if you want to talk Interesting. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go into that a little bit. Okay. So private podcasts, essentially, like you're not going to be able to search, search these podcasts on Apple iTunes, right? Or Spotify. They're private. Ways I use it. I have a subscribers only podcast. It's called Monica's Soapbox. It's like the unscripted Monica's opinions. I tend to, I tend to go on these like mini rants, like when I'm doing trainings and people are like, whoa, that was like mic drop. And I'll take that snippet and I'll put it in Monica's Soapbox. Great way to get people on my email list. And they really get to know the real me and decide mm -hmm. she's either for me or she's not. I could be polarizing yeah. in that way. And that's fine. We have a membership and I do a monthly private podcast called the Monica Memo. And those are like really in-depth topics. Like I'm going to do a whole, I did a launch last month. I'm going to do a whole launch debrief with numbers and behind the scenes that I don't want to put on a public podcast feed. I don't, I don't owe that to like everyone and their mother. I don't want to share every single financial detail, but I will for my, for my membership. Uh, I also have private podcast feeds for all of my workshops, all of my larger programs. And it has helped my students get better results because they can consume more content. They can listen. So many people are like, my kids know your voice. I'm, I, I listen to your trainings when I'm cooking at, you know, in the car at, at car school pickup and all that stuff. And I find that I actually get through a lot more content if I'm able to consume it with audio as well, like on my walks, because, you know, we're always multitasking. So I do it for that. Um, when I do live events, like I just did a live event uh, last month and I led up to a big live Zoom training with three audio drops on a private podcast feed. And those audio drops were very strategic. Um, and it really led up to when we got to the live training, people were like, whoa, I can't wait to hear what you're going to. They were like, people came to my live training. Like, what are you selling me? I cannot wait to hear about it. Like, Ooh, genius, right? Like, absolutely. It was great. And it also like gives this feeling of like exclusivity that it's a private podcast, mm -hmm. you know, it's this private feed that you have access to. So we're like 60, 70 feeds in at this point, we use it for, oh, I, another thing I did, uh, this was just a recent brainchild on my, so I get the same questions and objections for programs I'm selling. I'm constantly repeating myself, right? So now we have this uh, audio snippet library. It lives in a in a private podcast feed, but we can link to individual snippets. So when someone says, why do you use Thrivecart and Shopify? Do I need both? I have repeated my answer a million times. Here's the two minutes audio snippet and we send it. Our customer service now is way more streamlined. My, my employees don't have to constantly come back and be like, can you reiterate to me again, why this is like, what should I tell them? Instead, they just go into the library, grab the snippet and say, Monica already answered this. And here you go. It is like, huh. it has been life. I honestly should do a workshop on how I use it. My people would probably love it because I use it in such different strategic ways, I would say. And there's, I'm probably only yeah. scratching the surface and all the ways I could leverage it in my business. Oh, definitely. But from what you were telling me so far, that is genius. I love it. I love it. So then wait, so I've got to ask you, do you do sales calls for the things that you sell? I don't. Um, okay. no, uh, so my, I am actually tomorrow at the time of this recording, launching into selling a mastermind, which this is the second time I've sold this particular mastermind. And what I will do is 
uh, we'll do an info session. There will be a call to apply. And if you apply and I accept you, I send you a sales email uh, with a personalized Loom recording of why I think you'd be a good fit. And if you still have questions, uh, I if enough people like still need another push, I'll put out a 15 minute Zoom uh, you know, calendar link and people can, can jump on and we, I can just get, they can get clarity from me, you know, face to face, but that's like a last resort. I find, I actually have a super high, and I do this with my other programs too. When I, when I record Loom videos to people's questions, I have an insanely high close rate and that just works better for me with, you know, my kids, I can fit it in when, you because know, then can... it's it's a lot more about attracting the people that you know are going to be interested and that you know are a fit and aren't going to give you the usual BS that you get on sales calls. You know, you don't have to do all the, I don't want to say slimy because not every salesperson is slimy, but you know, you don't have to use any of those tactics and do more than you really need to. If you're sending out those videos, you know, you're personalizing for them, telling them why they're a good fit, how it's going to benefit them. I think that that's great. I think that's a wonderful system. Yeah. And we have, we have a, like the thing I say in my membership a lot, it's like, I did a whole pod, private podcast episode on this actually, which is selling is serving. I actually really don't even look at it as selling. I tell people, I tell more people not to pay me money than I tell pay me money. I tell students who are in other programs of mine that they're not ready to go to the next level when I'm launching stuff. And the amount of people that come back to me and say, I like the honesty and they're like, wow, yeah. I, they expected me to be pushing them. Like the loom would be about all the reasons that they should enroll right now. And instead I'm like, you know what, this is going to distract you. It's not a right fit right now. Um, wait, don't pay me money. Right. I'm literally telling people not to pay me money right now. And I'm good with that because it's not rewarding or fulfilling to me to take people's money when I can't help them. Yeah. And honestly, it, it only further builds your credibility. You know, that people, you are known as an honest person, you know, that people can go to you and they're going to get the truth and that you're not trying to just make a, make a buck off of them, you know? Yeah. And it, and I honestly, it works both ways. I've had people who are actually quite nasty to me and my team. And I'm like, I'm sorry, we actually don't need your money. You are not actually welcome to buy from me. We, I tell people if they're going to be, especially if they're nasty to my team, you're actually not welcome to be a customer of mine. I don't need your money. Bye. <laughs> I think that that's honestly, it's a great system. I yeah, love it. I, I, Perfect. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it sounds like it's way less stressful. Way less when, you know, yeah. cause it's, it's not a, it's a stressful place to be when you feel like you need, like that you have, you have to make every single sale. Like I, you can't turn anyone away cause you're like in a panic mode. And I think really what helped me the most with that is I keep a solid cash flow in the business. I don't just take everything out of my business and put it into my family for that reason, it gives me the flexibility to be like, no, actually you don't treat us right. You're not welcome to work. Goodbye. Yeah. I don't feel that pressure because I have made it a point that I'm set up to not have to cater to people who I don't want to cater to. Honestly. Yeah. And then that's, that's why you're at the level that you're at now is that you, you know, exactly what you want and you're not going to accept anything less. You're not going to accept crappy treatment for a couple hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Monica, thank you so, so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this interview. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you? So basically everything now 
rolls up to monicafroze.com. So my name and froze is F-R-O-E-S-E. And so you can find out about all my brands there. And also I actually do answer my Instagram DMs. It is me and our uh, Instagram handle is monica.froze. So either one of those is an easy way to get in contact with me. All right. Awesome. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.